went to Moscow and the swimmers there took me under their wing and I was being driven around Moscow in a red Mini Cooper with a Union Jack on the roof in the Moscow rush hour. <laughs> and I went swimming in the lake with the local swimmers there. The lake was frozen in ice. They had a little shed there with a sort of wood pine, about a stove in the middle to keep us warm. And it was just amazing. It's an absolutely fabulous community to be part of. The Joy of Swimming Conversations about open water swimming, hosted by Pat Kelman. Hi and welcome to The Joy of Swimming. My name is Pat Kelman. I just want to say thank you, everybody. I've just checked the chart positions and we've been number one on the Apple chart for swimming podcasts in the UK for over a week now. And these, these charts change every day. So we've been there for like a week now and I'm so excited I'm beyond ecstatic about the response and the way that you've just embraced this little pipe dream of mine. So I'm very, very grateful and very excited. And as a result, we're going to have a fantastic episode. I've just been re-listening to this as I'm editing and I love this interview. It's absolutely delightful. But before we do, um, review of the week. Because as I mentioned last week, or in the last episode, I'm going to be choosing a review from the Apple Podcast review page. So if you can, go and leave a review, leave a rating, let people know how much you like the podcast, as long as you do, of course. So today's review is from Scarlett's mum. And the headline is, Wow, Wow, Wow. Listen to the first full-length number two episode. I'm a Bexhill blue tit and agree with everything that's been said. It's so positive, so healing, so caring, so uplifting. I've lived by the sea for 20 plus years and finally immersed myself into this amazing community in 2020. And boy, do I wish I'd done this years ago. You never, ever regret a swim. Yeah, totally agree with you, Scarlett's mum. I just cannot believe the joy that I'm getting from swimming and the the mental peace that I'm getting, all that good stuff. I'm just really grateful for the review. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. It actually really helps me to try and make this podcast better because that's really what I want to do. So that brings us on to today's interview. And today I'm talking to Pauline Barker. And many of you may know Pauline as Mama Bear. She's the creator and the organiser of the Polar Bear Challenge, which many of us are taking part in this winter. And what a beautiful interview. She's funny, really engaging, and and her passion for the subject just oozes out from every syllable. It's just a delight. Pauline gave up an hour on her holiday in the Sillies to be interviewed by me. And I'm really grateful for her giving me her time and for being so generous with her stories, with her, yeah, her her good nature. Well, unlike a, a lot of people, I started swimming oh, right when I was a kid, many, many, many moons ago, um, but took it up again about 10 years ago and discovered that I didn't like swimming in the pool very much. So I ventured outdoors and back then it was all rather new. Nobody swam outdoors 10 years ago. And if they did, they certainly wore a wetsuit 
Um, and since then, it's just grown in, in leaps and bounds. It really has got very, very, very popular, especially in the last few months. So a lot of people know me as Mama Bear because I do a lot of cold water swimming. And I run the Polar Bear Challenge, which a lot of people take part in every year. That's grown enormously since I set it up four years ago. And the Polar Bear Challenge and the Penguin Challenge is just a fun way of getting people enthused to carry on swimming through the winter. Because it can get a bit chilly, but I do find that if you offer people a badge and a certificate and a goodie bag, they'll get in the sea. <laughs> So what's your background with swimming generally? When I, I lived in Newquay, so I was, I was a Newquay cormorant. I was from the local swimming uh -huh. group there, but gave it up kind of early 20s, as you do when life gets in the way. And then I took up marathon running. I took up running and ended up running a few marathons. I did 17 marathons in nine years. And after that, my knees were telling me that perhaps it wasn't really a very good sport to be carrying on with. So I thought, well, I'll go back to swimming. Went to the pool. Didn't find that terribly exciting. Um, found a few like-minded people. I think there was four or five of us to start with that would just knock around together swimming wherever we could find a puddle of water. And Facebook was in the throes of starting to get big then. So I set up a little group. Um, Cornwall Wild Swimming was the first one. That's now got about 5,000 members on it. And then Devon Wild Swimming came along a few months later. And Devon also now has about 12,000 members. And it's just fabulous to see all these people out there in, enjoying being in the water. Absolutely. And, and you kind of lead from the front as well by, by swimming yourself. Well, because I started it 10 years ago, all the things that we take for granted these days, things like dry robes mm -hmm. didn't exist. Things like tow floats didn't exist it was all brand new stuff we were going for swims and didn't really know what we were doing or what was going to happen so all the stuff I've learned I've learned the hard way through experience as to what to do how to run a swim what to look out for with people what gear you need what properly what gear you don't need because you don't need a huge amount of gear to go swimming you just need a swimsuit from Tesco's and that's it really the rest can all be kind of acquired as the madness takes over. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and the madness <laughs> is a really lovely way to describe it because it is, it becomes a really kind of almost obsessive thing in that we, you know, having got into the water, it's like you kind of need to go back on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. The more you do it, the more you need to do it. And especially in the winter, if you don't go for a week or two, you really do feel the bite when you get back in. So it's a good thing to keep going as regularly as you can, once or twice a week, just to keep your acclimatisation going and, and keep getting used to the cold. And so that takes us kind of neatly into actual kind of physical experience of getting in the water. If you could take yourself back to maybe one of the first times you you went in the open water into the cold. Let's try and paint a little kind of mental picture for anyone who's actually not. <laughs> well, the, the way I got into the, the, the non-wetsuit side of it, because I started off in a wetsuit like a lot of people did back then, but then I got myself a place on a channel relay team with the Aspire charity. So I was one of their first relay teams across the channel. And, of course, you can't wear a wetsuit when you swim the channel. No. So the wetsuit had to come off. So I remember very well, I was at Corsand, and this was the first day I was going to swim without my wetsuit, and it was October. 
so it wasn't particularly warm and I remember I was walking into the sea chatting to my friend Maggie and all of a sudden I went very quiet and the sea was 11 degrees and at that point it was really really cold because it was quite a new thing just to be going in without a wetsuit but from there you just keep going in and you get used to it and I've done a lot of cold water swimming now I've been all over the world doing cold water swimming this time last year I was in Siberia <laughs> competing at the international winter swimming competition in Tumen in the center of Siberia went there swam, swam in Moscow the swimming community is so fabulous that I went to Moscow and the swimmers there took me under their wing and I was being driven around Moscow in a red Mini Cooper with a Union Jack on the roof in the Moscow rush hour. <laughs> and I went swimming in the lake with the local swimmers there. The lake was frozen in ice. They had a little shed there with a, it's not a wood pine, but a stove in the middle to keep us warm. So I swam in Moscow with the Muscovites and then got on the train to go across Siberia for three days to Tumen and swam in Siberia. And it was just amazing. It's an absolutely fabulous community to be part of. And that was actually competitive, was it, that the Tumen event? It is a competition. There are races and people do aim to go out there and win the races. I do occasionally come back with a few medals, um, but really I'm just there to meet people and enjoy the experience. I'm not a very speedy swimmer myself. But I just enjoy taking part. I can imagine though, the, the experience of swimming somewhere like that, where the temperatures must be really quite extreme, must be amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so what's that like? <laughs> it was about minus 10. It was about minus 10. But the difference is, it's not like being cold here in the UK. The, the, when it's really cold in places like Siberia and Poland and China and Latvia, it's dry cold. So you don't get that nasty, cold, damp feeling. It's just a really fresh cold. And, of course, to get in the water then, you can't faff about because you're in a competition. So the starter will say, take off your clothes, get in the water, go, and that's it. You just have to get in there and, and get on with it. And then afterwards, jump in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's that's the thing that you know um in the uk it's very much kind of let's be careful getting in be careful of shock be careful of all this yeah whereas yeah. I've, I've seen in in you know like in finland and places like that where it is literally it's like a plunge pool isn't it it's like mm. in you get then in the sauna yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's made of hardy stuff very much so yeah that they're, they're used to it in in the northern european countries is what they do because they've got the water they've got the, the saunas as part of their culture so they've probably had a lifetime to acclimatize to the to the cold water shock because they've done it a lot since since youth i'd imagine yes yeah, so they're just brought up with it aren't they i think but obviously over here it's a little bit different because we're kind of new to it and as anyone starting out will know, don't jump into cold water, don't dive into cold water, just gradually immerse yourself. There might be some swearing involved and then off you go. <laughs> yeah, I totally connect with the swearing. <laughs> for you, when you're actually in the water, what's the experience like for you? I mean, it's great because you've been doing it for such a long time. You're probably very probably even think about it when you're in the water now but for me what I find when I get in the water is that my head clears 
I might be full of ideas yeah. and thinking during the during during my daily life, yeah. and then when I get in the water, suddenly. Yeah, it's like a, it's like pressing the reset button, isn't it? Suddenly, all the, the cares of the day just melt away, and you're just left with being in the water, in nature, chilly. So all your endorphins are now kicking in. And in the days when we can swim with company, it's just such a great community because everybody is there in it together. Yeah, and that's the thing that I've really found is that it's an enormously inclusive and accepting community everyone seems to be really yes it's very very inclusive because yeah. you, you don't need to be a really fast speedy swimmer it's really all about just the getting in so even if just pootling about the heads up breaststroke that's fine you haven't got to be charging around doing miles in front crawl if you can you, that's absolutely fine if you don't want to just do a bit of heads up breaststroke and have a chat and a social swim then that's absolutely fine as well and and i noticed that uh that you're a bit of a celebrity in the group. It's like you've got these I swam with mama bear badges. <laughs> Anything to encourage people to swim. If giving them a little badge will encourage them to get in the water, then we can do badges. I've done badges for oh, quite some time now. In, in the summer, I do badges for long distance swimming. So if you can swim for an hour, you get a badge. You haven't got to swim fast, but you've got to stay in the water Going forward, under your own propulsion for an hour, you get a badge. Um, and those badges go all the way up to six and a half hours, which has been wow. done this year. People will stay in the water for up to six hours. And that's a fantastic achievement because that's a channel qualifier. If you can do a swim of six hours, then that qualifies you to swim the English channel. Obviously, there's a lot more training you have to do apart from just that one swim. But, yeah, I do badges for all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. And of course, you get a badge for the polar bear challenge. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting mine. I'm I'm, I'm determined. I'm determined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that kind of takes us neatly on to the polar bear challenge. Just imagine people don't know about the the polar bear challenge. Kind of how would you describe it? It's a winter swimming challenge, really just for fun. It's an honesty challenge, so I don't ask for a great deal of. Um, proof that you've done what I'm asking you to do but at its most basic level at its entry level you've just got to swim 200 meters twice a month and the reason it's 200 meters is because where I swim at Tinside Beach in Plymouth it's 100 meters from the beach to our first round yellow boy and back again so that's 200 meters so that's why I set it at that stage to start in the beginning which was four years ago so that was how it started just from 200 meters twice a month you get a badge those famous badges um and since then it's grown the first year i think there was 250 people entered it which took me rather by surprise because i thought maybe about 60 of us would have a go and this year um 1800 people entered in 24 hours because i only hold entries open for a very short space of time you have one day to get your entries in and in that one day 1800 people signed up wow that's amazing that's amazing so so the entry level is 200 meters twice a month yeah and you can even wear a wetsuit because as a penguin you can wear whatever you like 
But to be a polar bear, you're basically naked apart from a swimsuit. The levels kind of go up to actually quite um, challenging levels, doesn't it, at the end? Yeah, very challenging. The highest level is the Jedi. And that's where not only have you got to swim, you're your basic swim of 250 metres twice a month, but they have some specified swims to do, which basically count you all the way down to doing swims below five degrees. And if you're acclimatised and if you're seasoned and if you do them logically in order, logically, that will give you a, a safe ladder down down the t- degrees of temperature to the really cold swims. But what I find is that people don't do them in order because you just grab the temp- temperature where you can and you do what you can when you can. Um, but the, the Jedis are a seriously hardy bunch of fault. They really are. And even with the next level down, which is the Arctic, Arctic polar bears have to swim 3,000 metres every month from November, December, January, February, March. And some of those folks put in some amazing meterages in their swims each month. They're swimming 50,000 metres a month in the winter, in the cold, which, it, which is fabulous. But at the other end of the spectrum, for someone that's just starting out and doing their first year of cold water swimming, for them, the classic or the silver level of 200 or 250 metres a month, that's just as much a challenge for them as it is for an Arctic to be doing 30,000 metres a month or Absolutely. something. It's everyone's different. It's, it's all everyone's own personal challenge. And you can't really measure one person against another because everyone's different. Everyone feels it differently. Yeah, they certainly do. But everyone likes a little bit of incentive to get through the winter. Yeah, and for me, it was just, that's exactly what, what I felt when when I heard about it. You know, because I've only I've only been back in the in the sea properly, I guess, since lockdown started. Yeah. You know, I swam a lot when I was a child. Then had a very long time living in London, where I, I I'd go in the pool and stuff, but it's never the same as swimming in the sea for me. No, not at all, is it? No. no. And I'd kind of disconnected myself from that experience of being in the sea and got back into it through some friends who live in Newquay. I'm a Newquay girl. I used to live in Newquay. <laughs> I lived in Newquay for one year, but I mean, back in the 90s, I was a teacher at Newquay Tretheris. So I was a pupil at Newquay Tretheris. Yeah, the, you were probably later <laughs> than the 90s, though, weren't you, Pauline? I think, you know. Yeah, I think I left in what, early 80s, something like that. Yeah, so I was there from 1990 to 1995 as a teacher. Um, but you know, so I know Newquay very well and I love it very much. Mm. Actually, an ex pupil got me back into the water at Newquay because I'd seen her on. Yeah. I'd seen her on Facebook and the way that her eyes kind of lit up. Some people get it. They they get the gleam in the eyes and they understand. They want to have a go. Others just think, nope, that's completely barking. You'll never get me ever doing that. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I, I personally feel they're missing out, but you know that's 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 their yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I I got back in, and then of course very soon after that I started looking in all the Facebook groups and so on. And then when I heard mm. about the challenge, I just thought, what a great idea to actually just keep me going during the winter. It just motivates you to keep getting out there. You don't want to miss a month because then it's hard to catch up. So yeah, exactly. Having done it for such a long time and having done it such extremes <laughs> i mean i guess the question is why do you do it <laughs> if you know if you, if you imagine you were one of those people who were going not me yeah. never in a million years what, what yeah. would you say to yeah. them 
Well, originally it was the challenge because it was all so new when I started doing it 10 years ago. The swims that I would I was doing, they'd never been done before, some of these swims. I I swam I swam Lake Windermere two ways, which is down the lake, turn around, come back up. That's 21 miles. And I did that overnight and it took me 16 and a half hours. And I had support with Colin Hill from um, Chill Swim. And only very few people actually done that swim. It was new. These days, it's, it's an event. People do it all the time. Um, but things like that, it was the excitement of doing something new. So things like the channel relays. I've, I've done four relays across the English Channel. And the first time I did that, it was really exciting. Really, really exciting. But these days, it's, it's a known thing. A lot of people do get involved with it. But in the, in the beginning, it was the excitement of being like on the forefront of something that was really new mm. because the organised swims didn't exist then that do now that we all new folk take for granted. You think the local swims like the Breakwater Swim in Plymouth, the Drake's Island Swim, the Dart 10K, they haven't been around that long, mm. only about 10 mm. years. So it's all kind of grown up with me. As the same time as I've started swimming, all these events have popped up as well. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I must be taking part in about three or four different events without even thinking about it. Really, I'm doing the, yeah. the tw I'm doing the twelve bays of Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing um, another Arctic challenge. You have to do like one swim a week over the period over over the, over the. Yeah. But somehow I just find myself getting involved with all these things because I'm just enjoying the experience so much. Yeah. Yeah. But back when the Polar Bear Challenge started four years ago, I think we were the only, it was the only winter swim challenge around. Yeah. And certainly this year, there's a lot more choice of people to choose. If they want to do a challenge, they can choose from oh, there's probably half a dozen or so out there. But there's only one Polar Bear Challenge. Absolutely. And I'd, <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't want, wouldn't want anybody coming in and kind of stealing your patch. Do you know what I mean? Because you were the first. <laughs> It's interesting about this experience because it sounds to me like it's very much a, I don't want to use the word sport, but it is something that you're doing to challenge yourself. And, and, and yeah. I've, it's interesting because I've been chatting to lots of different people for the podcast and, and people have very different experiences of it. Some people do it mm. almost as a kind of meditation. That yeah. sense of when you get in the water and the brain just like empties and they just mm. kind of love that experience. Has any of that kind of experience come across for you in, in when you've been swimming? Or do you have do you have days when you're thinking, you know what, I don't want to do it as a sport today. I just want to kind of just relaxed in the water I, I have done a lot of it as kind of serious taking part so like when I do long distance swims I think I did the swim across Lake Geneva I swam from Switzerland to France and that was 13 kilometers took about six and a half hours and that's lovely because you just lose yourself in the rhythm of the stroke and the sun was out and it, it was warm for a change so doing a long distance swim I do like to just lose myself in just you don't think about anything other than counting your strokes and looking for the the boat that's escorting you and looking around and like you say it, it does just empty your mind you're just enjoying being in the moment and and just kind of kind of connecting with the body rather than the head it's such a lovely experience yeah. to have you've got to think about when you're swimming in the cold you've got to be doing that constant assessment of how your body feels mm. to make sure you're not getting too cold it's very 
very easy if you're new to this to stay in for too long and then you can get yourself into some quite serious problems with afterdrop and transient global amnesia and all, all sorts of things can go wrong if you allow yourself to get too cold so it's important to make sure that people don't stay in for too long and for newbies the rule of thumb of one minute per degree is plenty and then as you get more experience you can expand on that one thing that i really want the podcast to be is responsible yeah i know it's people's responsibility to take care of their own health and to make sure that they're making responsible decisions but what Mm -hmm. i don't want to be doing at all is promoting any kind of irresponsible behavior you know i don't want people getting into trouble it's very easy for enthusiasm to take over and for common sense to be forgotten and to look and see what other people are doing and some people do try to copy others they'll say well how long are you going to stay in for and if they say 20 minutes or oh i'll stay for 20 minutes as well doesn't work like that it really doesn't work like that you you can't look at what anybody else is doing you've got to listen to yourself and you've got to make your decision before you go in as to how long you're going to stay in for because you would know what the temperature is you know what your acclimatization is like so you should be able to say right i'm just gonna stay in for 10 minutes today that'll be plenty and then when you come out assess how you feel if that was fine then maybe try a little bit longer the next time yeah and and what i often find is that it'll change from day to day so i may have one day mm-hmm. where i can stay in a bit longer at a particular temperature and the next day i might not last as long or i might last longer no. even yeah. at the same temperature it's just that the body's different yeah. every if day if you've had a bad night's sleep or if you're really worried about something or if you're coming down with a cold or if there's something that's just put you off your game the first thing that will go is your cold tolerance and your your body just won't be able to fight it. So you've really got to look after yourself and, and be aware of how you're feeling. Yeah. So I think this would probably be a good point to get into that safety thing. What would your advice be for a total newbie to make sure that they're doing it responsibly, making themselves safe and and doing it in a, in a proper way? It's, it's very different at the moment because normally when we can meet with a group, the advice would be meet up with people, swim with experienced people, take advice. But nowadays, because we're under rule of six or even rule of one or two in in some parts of the country, it's a lot more difficult for people to take advantage of the experience that others already have. So a lot of it is, to me, it's common sense. But that's because I know, because I've I've learned and I now realise how things work. If you're getting into something very cold, the last thing you want to do is to jump or to dive in. Because when you get into cold water, the cold water shock hits you and part of that is that the gasp reflex kicks in and if you're gasping for breath and you've jumped in and you're six feet under that's not going to end well so it's always good just to get in gently and steadily and purposefully don't jump don't dive just get in steadily breathing out is the key rather than breathing in because that gasp reflex will automatically make you breathe in it's important that you breathe out to make room for the air that's coming in so that gets you in safely you're going to be cold it's always going to go even in summer it's cold so you're always going to feel the cold but then if you're new you must always get out long before you start feeling uncomfortable because when you get out the afterdrop will hit you and the afterdrop is when all that cold water that's in your hands and your feet starts recirculating through your body and comes into your core. It makes your organs cold. 
and that makes you a lot colder 10 minutes after you've come out than you were in the water. So you've got that 10-minute window where you have to get dry and dressed, get yourself a hot water bottle or whatever you need to keep yourself warm, put a hat on your head, have something to eat and drink because a, a bit of sugar or calories often helps to get you warm again. So getting in, you've got to be careful. You don't stay in too long. When you get out, get dry, get dressed very quickly. Always make sure you've got someone with you. Another thing that people might find out is that they feel dizzy when they go from the horizontal to the vertical. You can feel lightheaded. So again, it's useful to have someone with you just to steady you if needs be. But a lot of it is common sense and don't stay in for too long. Really just take it easy. You just need to get in and, and get out again. And unless you're very acclimatized and you've got used to it and you know what your body can take yeah and people often have kind of routines before they go in uh, or, or or routines for when they get out do you have a routine that would that you kind of do every time it's always useful to make sure that when you get out your clothes are accessible so get a big bag like a big sports direct bag or a big ikea bag put your clothes in there in the order that you want to get dressed in so make sure you're Underwear is on the top and your outer clothing is on the bottom. You can wrap your clothes in hot water bottles. You can get insulated bags from the supermarkets that you get to bring home your, your Christmas turkey in. They give you these insulated bags. They're great for putting clothes and hot water bottles in to keep things warm. So when you come out, everything is there immediately. You just get dry and dressed, get changed as quickly as you can. And don't take off your swim hat until the last possible second and immediately replace it with a bobble hat because your your head is where a lot of your heat will escape from. Yeah, and that's something I'm, of course, you know, not having much hair myself, that's something I'm very aware <laughs> of. <laughs> and that's, that's the kind of stuff that somebody who's new starting out with. And, I mean, if anybody's looking to kind of step up a gear, maybe, and, and if they're wanting to move maybe from a regular level to a silver level maybe to an arctic level how might you suggest that they might go about that you just gently push yourself and you maybe keep a log of how far you swam how you felt what the temperature was like and then you can look back on that and your experience will tell you what your body can cope with and as long as you're feeling the same in that you know you're not coming down with anything there's not a raging gale that day you can just gradually increase upon what you've got but in the winter it's a little bit different because although you might be increasing your distances the temperature is going down all the time because it will, will it will get to its coldest in february so we've still got a couple of months now the temperature's going down but so you just have to be very very aware of how you feel and it, the, the trick really is to start early in the season so if you want to be a Jedi, and one of the first Jedi swims is 2,000 metres at nine degrees or less, which is a significant swim. Oh, yeah. You need to be doing that in the summer comfortably. And then as the water cools, you just carry on swimming the distance. So you just gradually get used to it. What I do find is that a lot of people, although they'll end to say that the classic level or the silver level, there's not a distance really involved apart from the two swims per month. They do put in some cracking distances. They're, they're really pushing themselves. But at the other end of the scale, people try it and they find it hard, which is why one of the rules in the Polar Bear Challenge is that you can drop down the stages at any time. Yeah. You can start as a Jedi or as an Arctic and you can end up as a penguin. 
doesn't matter. You'll still get your goodie pack at the end. You still swam through the winter. So it's not encouraging people that they have to complete at the higher levels to get something. You're all going to get a bonus pack at the end regardless. Yeah. And then, so it becomes then an element of personal challenge as opposed to you yeah. know, competition. That's what it's all about. It's just people do compete at this and they've been doing it for years. And most of the competitive people are very, very fast swimmers. So even though they're swimming, say, a thousand metres, they're swimming that in maybe 15 minutes, whereas I take 25 minutes, so I'm in there a, a lot longer. So I need to have a greater cold tolerance than the more speedy competitive ones. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That just seems to me that um, this has exploded since lockdown. Yeah. Any kind yeah. of thoughts about why this might have happened? I think it's one thing that people can do. It, is, it can be a solitary thing. You haven't got to be part of a huge group to do it. You can just go to the sea, get in the sea. The sea is free. And where we live in Devon and Cornwall, there's a lot of it. <laughs> it's very, yeah. very accessible. So it's very accessible. It's free. We've got lakes. We've got rivers. And it just seems to have really taken over the imagination. I think the, the phrase wild swimming also has something to do with it because people think that's some kind of and there's a romanticism or something about it. But it's just good old-fashioned swimming whether you need a wetsuit or not it's just getting out there and and enjoying what we've got surrounding two-thirds of our, our country yeah because we are an island we after are. all so <laughs> here <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time on your holiday <laughs> to, to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. It's, if people wanted to find out more about you, about the Polar Bear Challenge, maybe buy some nice merchandise from you. Um, <laughs> where, where could people find you? Well, we're more about the swimming than the merchandising, although you can get hoodies and bobble hats and bits and pieces, but that's just because people might want a hoodie or a bobble hat. Of course, yeah. It's more about the swimming and you can find out more about me at my website, which is paulinebarker.com. Polar Bear Challenges is polarbearchallenges.com. And then we've got Facebook groups, Devon Wild Swimming, Cornwall Wild Swimming. There's loads of opportunities out there for people to come and join in. And we've got a mailing list already for next year's Polar Bear Challenge, which will open for entries on September the 4th. And we'll probably close for entries on September the 4th. Pauline, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really grateful. You're very welcome. I've enjoyed chatting to you. And good luck with your polar bear challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Um, thank you so much to Pauline, Mama Bear Barker, for joining me. It, oh, I've just put a post on Facebook just saying, you know, the brilliant thing about recording 25 podcast interviews pretty much back to back over three weeks is that by the time I come to edit them I've pretty much forgotten what we talked about so I get the joy of listening to it all over again and oh what a belter you can hear on the recording how much fun I had just listening to what an what a lovely interview please feel free to share this as widely as you can let's build this joyous swimming community I've got dozens literally dozens of interviews like this lined up for you over the next few weeks and i'm just so full of beans <laughs> as a result of this thank you so much for joining me and make sure you enter the competition to win a copy of sarah norquay's lovely book salt on my skin you can do that by sharing widely joining the facebook group the joyous swimming discussion group leaving a comment on the pinned post just to say that you've shared it 
and I will choose five in a live broadcast on 31st of January. Thank you so much. You can find me on thejoyofswimming.com, on the Joy of Swimming UK on Facebook, the Joy of Swimming discussion group on Facebook, which is actually where you're going to find me most of the time, and on Instagram as the Joy of Swimming. Please connect. Please let's make this the most awesome community because I'm having a ball and I hope you are too. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay safe and happy swimming. Thank you for listening to the Joy of Swimming podcast hosted by Pat Kelman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on the podcast catcher of your choice. Music by Phil Innes. <laughs>